to the people of the world. Dig deep. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Warzniak from Now Hear This. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you today from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment. Maybe we should just shorten that and call the podcast NHTE. All right, let's get right down to it. My guest today, you're listening to one of her songs right now. It's called Dig Deep. Usher said her voice is like fine wine. Shakira says of her singing, perfect pitch, perfect tone. Adam Levine says this girl's just a badass. And George Clinton calls her the long-lost queen of funk. Please welcome today my guest, Shauna P. Shauna. Wow. Thank you for such a wonderful introduction. I, I, I needed to be reminded of those things. <laughs> well, well-deserving, my friend, and, and so glad that you could make time to be part of the podcast today. Thank you for being here. It's my pleasure, Bruce. My pleasure. So just bear with me, Shauna, for a minute, because I want to tell the listeners the first time that I heard Shauna P. saying, this is a cool story. I don't know if you remember this. I was with a client at the Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival. It was probably like 12 midnight at the earliest, which keep in mind, people are going to bed then or thinking that no one has a voice left at midnight because it's the end of the day. So the crowds have gone home and a good like dozen or two of us are sitting around in a guitar pole on a covered patio at a place pretty much right on the water and someone who's kind of like, you know, orchestrating this uh, this guitar pole and is, you know, kind of calling out people's names like who's next, whose turn it is, says, this person says, Shauna P. And you stand up and just start, I'm talking belting it out like it's nobody's business and I'm like maybe a little tired and I go, whoa! And I perk right up to look at and listen to you sing and it's like, hey, you're going to wake the neighbors. And mind you, there's not even a microphone. I mean, huge voice, impressive. I mean, you you better believe it. That's, <laughs> That's so cool. Wow. I, I remember that vividly. That was fantastic. <laughs> I think it was C.J. Um, Watson. It was C.J., yeah. yeah. That was doing the guitar pool. Yep. Yeah, that was fantastic. And so, I do remember that. So the people who are listening hopefully uh, already know the name of Shauna P. And and if you didn't and you started to hear the accolades at the beginning during the intro, Shauna appeared on The Voice Season 4. So, Shauna, take us through that process because people don't realize how long the journey actually is in in that there are multiple levels of auditions before you ever get on the show. So once you finally show up on TV, like you've been at it with them for months and months, like season six premieres February 24th, 2014, which is at a time when auditions are already well underway for season seven. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, it is a very long process. In fact, I had to reintroduce myself to my animals when I got back home <laughs> uh, because I was out there for a good three months, out there being L.A., um, where we where we film. And season four did our last audition. I think every season they have a different protocol for for the auditioning process and kind of switch it up. Um, 
I have nothing but good things to say, Bruce, about the process. It was, it was fantastic. Um, I, you know, the reason I initially auditioned, uh, my fans just kept saying, you got to audition for The Voice. You got to audition for The Voice. And I watch all those shows, and it, it had become my favorite show. I just thought it was a very classy production and really so, liked so, the concept. So start to finish, like how, like how much total time from, from the time you first auditioned until, until say, you know, you were actually on television? How, how much time went oh, by? Oh, wow. Let's see. I auditioned in May initially. Uh, and came home the following April, so almost a year. Wow! Wow! Yeah! Wow! And well, you almost know, a year. We're, we're you know part of the part of the audience for this podcast is is aspiring musicians, songwriters, entertainers, performers, people that you know are are looking at people like you that have, ch- have achieved that level of success. So so we want those listeners to learn something and 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 your fans and and fans of music in general to be entertained by the podcast. You know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on as a guest is uh, I, I'm a real sports nut. There's a saying in sports, you're only as good as your last game or, or as your last victory. So in other words, you know, it's it's a what have you done for me lately kind of thing. And in the music business, you know, you could get a killer gig, but it's so darn competitive that people will say, yeah, that's great, but what have you done, you know, what have you been doing since, you know, that killer gig that, that you're telling the person about? So the question I'm leading up to, Sean, is that deflating at all to you that you get to be on national TV in prime time and are obviously, like, exceptionally proud of where you got to, and then all people want to ask you now is... So what's she been doing since then? Because, you know, I want the performers listening to get encouragement from you. Listen, that's the main thing. That is, that is the clincher with the whole thing is it's not, uh, it's what you do with it. You know, what you do with that exposure and what you do afterward. I mean, the work really comes afterward where you have to dig in and, and really, um, take advantage of that window of opportunity. And, you know, I've been just, uh, pounding the pavement, doing that. And I've got some really wonderful things happening, but they don't happen immediately. And, you know, it is a process and it requires so much patience. And I have been, you know, 2014 could have been the best year. I mean, 2013 could have been the worst year and the best year of my life because being the best in a sense that I made it to the top 32 out of 50,000 people on the voice, the worst in a sense that after having that that recognition and those accolades, you you come to a point where you're at a crossroads and you have to make a decision. You have to set a value on yourself and say, okay, you know, I'm worth this. I need to move into different circles of venues and and different types of exposure and that type of thing because I have an international fan base at this point. the The trick is getting from playing small gigs to the big gigs. It's, it's not an easy process. And that's where I've been. That's where my struggle has been. Um, but you know, here's, here's the thing. I, I do it for the love of the music. The one reason I did the show to begin with was to take care of my parents. I'm an only child and they're getting older. So that was in the back of my mind to do that and to be able to get to a place where I can take care of them. So that drives me even still, I have that driving force after the show but i will say this a lot of the the people uh some of the contestants you know i'm older and a lot of them looked at me as like a big sister or a mom Mm. type figure 
after the show was over and after, you know, some of us were sent home, they were calling me saying, Shauna, we need some Shauna P time. We need some healing. <laughs> you know, one of the contestants described it like, it's like somebody broke up with you but didn't tell you the reason why. Wow. So there's there's no closure, you yeah, know, and wow. it's a head trip. It can, it can really be a head trip. Um, so going into it, you know, my advice is know that, that you have a gift and and a calling and it's unique and it's individual for every person and don't let something like that define you um it 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 can't define you and it shouldn't define you it's a journey and it's an experience and it's a vehicle to get to the next place that you want to get to you know the exposure is tremendous i didn't do it to win it's kind of like, I, I liken it to going to the gym. I used to train people at Gold's Gym, and I'd say, don't come in to lose weight. Come in to enjoy exercising and feeling better and getting healthy, and a byproduct of that is losing weight. It's the same thing with, with the experience on The Voice. Don't go into one of those competitions to necessarily win it, but go in for the exposure and for the experience and for the connections and the networking opportunities. You know, I came out a winner. In, in every you know every way you look at it, amen. And it'll help you get through it. It's a, it's a really a good headspace to be in. And I, and a lot of the the kids I call them that were on the show drew drew from me, you know, uh, in that regard because I kept that positive mindset about it, and I was okay, and I'm I'm fine, you know, uh, now. And it's it's just been. It's been incredible for me. It really has. Well, God bless you, Sean. I mean, you have a, a wonderful, wonderful attitude. It's 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 obviously infectious. I mean, I've been around you. I've I've seen you know the, the impact that you have on people, and 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 you know, as people can probably tell that are listening to this, uh, I'm in Tampa, and Sean is is calling in. Um, from Alabama, and I would swear that you're looking over my shoulder because, like all these notes I've prepared for this interview, you're touching on everything already. And and uh, one of the the next thing I had down here was something that that you just touched upon. But I want to blow your horn for you for a minute because you know when I did the setup for that last question, I didn't want it to come out wrong. You know, talking about what what has she done since then, as as though as though it was a failure. So I, I just I just want to blow your horn for a minute. And okay, so so. Making the show but not winning, like you just said, is not failure whatsoever. So check out these numbers, listeners. Shauna P. was among 50,000-plus hopefuls to audition for Season 4 of The Voice. Eventually, that number got whittled all the way down to 230, and you were still a part of it. And then after executive auditions, you were one of 130 still left standing. And then of the four big red chairs on the show, you turned two of them, Adam Levine and Shakira. You made it to the top 32 out of more than 50,000 that initially auditioned for the show. You were one of the top 32. Uh, I'm a winner. You know, I'm a winner, no, no matter how you look at it. To have even been in the top 230, I'm a winner. You know what? Let me say this. To have even had the wherewithal to get up and get out of this house and get in the car and go make that audition was a victory for me. Because I was so nervous. I was, I mean, I've been doing this for years and I thought I was going to throw up. I was so nervous. I, I mean, it was like everything. And I'm a very spiritual person. So I, I feel like, and I put it in the terms of, I feel like the devil fought me tooth and nail to, to keep me from going there. Oh, I'm sure he did. 
So that's a victory, you know, to go there and to have that experience and to even get there. And, you know, if you're not, you know, if you don't make it past um, uh, any round of the auditions, it doesn't mean you're a failure by any means. It just means they're looking for something different or God has a different plan for you. I like to look at it that way. Yeah. And it, go ahead. Well, I'll tell you this, what, what I've been doing, and, and, and this may be jumping ahead, but I prayed about what I was supposed to do after the show, and I felt like I needed to start teaching voice lessons. So I'm doing a thing called Vocal Therapy with Shauna P. And teaching lessons, and it's not only teaching singing lessons or vocal lessons, it's a full spiritual, physical, emotional experience. Because I feel like when you sing, you know, you sing with your whole body, with your whole being. And to be able to give what I've learned and to, to share that experience, that's been very rewarding for me and very fulfilling for me to be able to do that and, uh, and to have that uh, to look forward to. So that's been fantastic. And again, you did cover something that was in my notes because I know that you've been doing the vocal therapy there in North Alabama, and, I, and I'm glad because I, I was going to ask you, you know, to tell our listeners what it is, and, and in particular, why the singers that are listening to this podcast need vocal therapy. You know, let me say this. When I went to The Voice, I had never had a vocal lesson in my life because I, I just had a natural gift to sing, and but I, I am the eternal child. I'm I'm always wanting to learn. I'm always soaking things up and trying to grow. So to have vocal coaching on the show, which we, we did have, and we spent a lot of time with our vocal coach, it was incredible to have that uh, that knowledge going in. And, you know, it was kind of a Cliff Notes version of vocal therapy or vocal coaching at that point. Um, what I have the opportunity to do is take somebody and start working on things that are blocking them. Like what, what is blocking you from singing with your whole being? You know, somebody told you somewhere along the line, you couldn't sing. I had a vocal coach in college who told me I couldn't sing. And you know, that was blockage for me. She was opera. So, you know, I respect her standpoint, but as a 18 year old, you know, that really did some, that affected me, you know, and for her to tell me I couldn't sing. So there's, you know, people come to me with these blockages all the time, you know, um, things that have happened to them or reasons, you know, fear or doubt or, you know, lack of self-confidence. We work on those things if it's necessary. And I try to be really, really in tune uh, to the spiritual realm <clears throat> with regard to my students, finding out where they are. Some people, we go right into, you know, breathing and, and the actual vocal stuff. But nine times out of ten, it's the full experience. And that's what I think is unique about what I'm offering. And I'm just thankful that God led me to do that because it's just, it's as rewarding to me, I think, as it is to, to the students. And um, prepare them. You said before about, you know, you're using your whole body, not just your voice. And, and uh, you know, you, you practice what you preach, <laughs> figuratively and literally, because if you see Shauna P. sing, like, she does not sit down and cross her arms and just, I mean, even in the guitar pole late at night when she's among her colleagues and someone says, Shauna P., I mean, she stands right up straight and is just getting into it, girl. I'm talking, like, 
we're we're going to get into a little bit later in the interview, you know. But uh, yeah, and and you know, you, you mentioned something before. I I always encourage young kids that are singing get yourself into a competition that has judges who actually know what they're talking about. Like not these not these ones where the judges are are the sponsors, you know. And we'll and we'll say something nice to every contestant. You got to hear constructive criticism sooner or later because at a young age, all you hear from your parents is how great you are. They say that because they love you, but you need work. So. So back to the show, Shawnee, you chose Shakira. One of the great things about The Voice is it's an experience where you can actually learn. So how great was it working with her? It was it was wonderful. She is, first of all, as beautiful as you would think she is. She's like a little puppy dog. Her eyes are so pretty. <laughs> She's just, you know, she was pregnant when I first started working with her, so she had this glow. And uh, I speak a little Spanish, so that was great to get to use my Spanish. Um, and, uh, you know, the funny thing about working with Shakira, though, she told me, she said, Shana, I don't, you're perfect. I don't know that I can teach you anything. I don't know what I can teach you or what I can show you. Wow. And I, I thought that was just, I mean, it humbled me tremendously. But in spite of her saying that, I did learn from her. And I learned, you know, I can't share the secrets I learned from her here on on this. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. I can't, you know, a lot of them were personal because she dug in deep to uh, my soul and to where I'm coming from as a singer and not just from a vocal standpoint or trying to show me how to sing something. Yeah, that's awesome. She dug into, you know, why, why I wear what I wear or why I carry myself the way I do or why I sing at 10 when I can pull back and do more subtle things. And, you know, I, I learned so much. I really did. And I don't think she realized how much she did teach me, but it was great. And, and, and the fact that I chose her, I think blew everybody's mind. Everybody's like, why didn't you pick Adam Levine? He's so cute. And of course he's the sexiest <laughs> man alive now, according to people magazine. But I chose her because she has an international fan base and I wanted to tap into that fan base. It's very and, smart. Um, and then I felt like she really believed in me and she really got what I did. Not that Adam didn't, but you know, one thing that's, that's interesting is in the United States, age matters in the music business more than it does anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter in other countries. So I thought, you know, at my age, I really want to tap into an international fan base and I've accomplished that. And, uh, you know, have fans all over the world, and it's just, it's it's so exciting. I feel 20 again, to be honest. Something in that answer, and you don't you don't have to disclose it, but some, because, because as the listeners can tell, Shauna and I are, are very much uh, devout followers. Uh, we're believers, and uh, and it sounds like, it sounds like you and Shakira probably made a, a nice spiritual connection as well. I sense that. Um so I want to shift gears um, just to talk a little bit about your original music, because, you know, it's always said, <laughs> and on the heels of me pointing that out, it's always said that two two things that people should not really talk about are religion and politics. And, and you know, with politics, we see high-profile people in music all the time stepping out and using their platform, you know, to voice their opinions, like, like Bono, you know, immediately comes to mind. And then as far as religion, you know, religion, you've got genres, you know, like, like gospel or contemporary Christian, but, but you're doing funk music, you're doing Southern stuff, you've been called a soul rocker, and by that I don't mean 
and rocking people's souls, but a fusion of soul and rock. Um, you call yourself a funk preacher, and and in my opinion, Shauna, you're 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 doing your original music, and you're basically saying, I don't care. They're my own damn songs, and if I want to profess my faith in that, I'm going to. So is it is it just that simple, or do because it's it's cool to hear you say I picked Sh- Shakira because of the international fan base so. For the listeners that are musicians that are trying to pick up some tips here, that's that's important that that Shauna pointed that out. So you know, is it just that simple with your music that, that I don't? They're my own songs, and I'll profess my faith if I want to. Or do you worry about selling less music if people are turned off by singing about your faith, and and then having to weigh the fact that the alternative to that is compromising who you are just to get people to download more Shauna P songs. You know what? I'm so thankful that I've never worried a minute about that. Um, I just truly have faith and believe that I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And let me let me tell you, give you a tidbit of information here. I'm an ordained minister and was in the ministry. Still am in the ministry, but I was awesome. in the church for eight years doing ministry within the walls of the church and and just going into churches. And I just felt. Like I was supposed to be outside of that, outside the walls of the church and to be in the highways and the byways and the bars and places like that. Yep. Because I've been there. I mean, I've, you know, I followed the Grateful Dead for years in college and smoked weed and did, you know, I mean, I've been there and, you know, it's like I don't judge anybody for what they do and I'm by no means perfect. I choose to present a positive message in my music. Now, let me say this. So far, I have. In in the album that I've put out, and I do have a gospel cassette that tells my age right there. <laughs> um, this next album is going to be a little different. I'm getting I'm getting really really honest and really really human in this next album more so than I've ever been. I'm a lot more transparent, and I'm really excited about sharing this. But I also, for the first time, I have a little bit of fear about putting this out. Um. Why is that? You know, the, the last album, my songs always had a solution. You know, I would present a problem, but I always present the solution. It may not be so the case in this next album or the, in these next mm. batch of songs mm-hmm. so much. There's just more of a vulnerability and more of a um, a character-based approach, you know, in these songs. Like, there's one song that I've written called Hell to Pay, and it's about somebody who sold their soul to the devil. And... um you know, I shared it with, with one of my fans last night, who's my hairdresser, and she, she said, I don't like it. Uh-oh. She said, you're not putting it on there. I don't like it. It's not Uh-oh. you. That's not what you do. You know, and it's okay. Some people aren't going to get it, but there's somebody who will. And, and for example, I just, um, I just started performing a song about growing up in an alcoholic home um, recently, and I've sat on this song, Bruce, for 10 years probably not wow. been afraid to do it while that parent is still living. Mm-hmm. But I did it. And immediately this woman came up to me crying and said, I needed to hear that so bad. So the message of the music and, and being true to who I am as an artist and a writer is more important to me than worrying about who I'm going to offend. And Shauna, you know, God bless you that that the Holy Spirit delivered you the courage to to finally deliver that song. And and so I wonder based on what you just described, did uh, 
to what extent did perhaps your experience on The Voice influence you taking that approach to this this album that you're working on now? Oh, wow. To all yeah, of a sudden a say, question. I don't care if some of these songs don't have a resolution. That is a really good question. Um, I've not thought about that. Because I'm wondering if there was something about your experience with The Voice that gave you some sort of internal awareness that, that brought you to that piece where you said, you know what, I'm going to write some songs that aren't really going to please everybody and there's not going to be a resolution to them, but, and then in parentheses, is, is, the, is the lesson that you had just learned on The Voice that, that enabled you to, to reach that, that plateau in your songwriting. Right. You know, I had not tied that together. Um, I, I really... I've been doing a lot of songwriter festivals, you know, since since I've been back home. And I think a lot of things have broken loose just being around a bunch of transparent, real songwriters. Uh, but there could be something connected because I'm going to tell you, I came back from The Voice, a changed person. It It was one of the biggest, most epic experiences of my life. So it has affected me on all levels. So I'm sure that that... It's connected to that in some way. I've just not thought about it. I've, I've not meditated on it. I don't. Well, that's I don't okay know. because because we're friends, and if the answer is zero percent, Bruce, you can tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I know that that being around songwriters and being in this environment where I live on the Gulf Coast has just been so healing for me. Yeah, very to, therapeutic. To be transparent, you know, and you know what? Thinking about that though, the fact that you know. In my humanity, in my frail humanity, to have those two chairs turn around for me, in a sense, really, it validated me in some way. It validated my gift. Um, and as a human, and human nature, we need that. <laughs> you know, our, our flesh needs that validation. Um, so... Thinking of it in that respect, it very much could have had something to do with the voice because it was like, okay, it's okay to be me. It's okay. People really like me, you know, for who I yeah, am. People yeah. really like my yeah. voice. Yep, I and get this you. proves it, you know? For the listeners, if you haven't already done so, get on your on your browser and point to www.shawnap.com, S-H-A-W-N-A. P.com, and that'll take you all around the internet. She's everywhere Facebook, Twitter, Reverb Nation, the whole nine yards. And, uh, and on that note, um, Shauna, let's, in, in a post you put on Facebook recently, you mentioned that you, quote, ain't no spring chicken. So you've been around in the music business long enough where you were having to promote without things like Facebook and YouTube. Did you adapt to the times simply because you had to and needed to keep up with the Joneses? Or should all performers, regardless of their age, roll up their sleeves with social media? Because I see you posting on there regularly, and guess what, listeners? It does require time. Yes, it does. Um, I think that it is a necessity, particularly if you're an artist who wants to maintain creative control. And I have chosen thus far, and I'm not saying that if I got offered another record, if the record deal was right. You know, I've been offered record deals since I've been off of The Voice, but it, they weren't the right ones for me. It just wasn't the right thing for me. But I... I prefer 
to maintain creative control. Now, if I could find a partnership and work with somebody and it'd be a win-win situation, I'm not that difficult to work with. Um, but I have chosen the route of doing the self-promotion and doing the grassroots type of promotion so far for me. I need help. I'm going to say that. I need help at this point because it's getting, you know, it's getting to be bigger than than, than something I can handle and, and has been that way since The Voice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a necessity. I really do. Um, I think it's a fantastic way to communicate. I mean, you know, Facebook has revolutionized the way that we we uh, market, the way we communicate. In, in good ways and bad ways. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I think you're doing a great job of it, and, and, and I think it does lend a tremendous element of authenticity to it. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's Bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This to give a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. So, Bruce's bonus is stick to music and let managers stick to managing. Let publicists stick to publicity and let booking people stick to bookings. Trying to wear too many hats takes time away from honing your craft and doing what you do best. Besides, when someone is working on your behalf to promote and book you, assuming that they're a professional and not a friend or family member who's going to give it a try, they can ask for publicity and bookings. When you do it, you come off as, what can you do for me? And that is Bruce's bonus. Another thing that Shauna P. is doing, um, we all know parrot heads are people who pledge their allegiance to all things Jimmy Buffett. Mariah Carey always refers to her, her fans as lambs. And you do something clever. When you address your followers, you call them tribe. And I think that's really a cool tool that you're actually using because you're basically engaging listeners in a way that makes them almost feel like they're, they're part of a movement, right? They're not just a fan. Yes, they are part of a movement. This is very much a vision and a movement. It's, you know, and I don't know when this came about, but I became the queen of the Earth Funk Tribe. And it's it's Shauna P. and the Earth Funk Tribe. That's my band. It's a, a constant changing of the guard, a different cast of characters. Uh, I've got a pretty solid five or six piece band, but I'm always open for utility players and that type of thing. So it's a real tribal type thing. And yes, my fans, I call the Earth Funk Tribe. I don't like to call them fans. I do want to call them the tribe because it's a very uh, close-knit bunch of people. It's a, you know, I welcome people to the Earth Funk Tribe. It's a vision I have, you know, and it's not to seem trite, but it's a vision of unity and, and, uh, and just, I just think music brings everybody together, irregardless of your social status or your race or your sexual preference or whatever music just transcends everything and and it becomes a tribal thing plus i'm native american so that doesn't hurt <laughs> <laughs> and you um shauna you lived in nashville for 12 years i i go back and forth to nashville you know for for my company for now hear this and and we know what the culture is there we've got listeners Shauna, who are aspiring songwriters, they're singers or performers, and so many entertainers think all they have to do is go to Nashville and they'll make it, or or go to Nashville oh. and they'll get discovered. So, <laughs> Shauna, be gentle, be gentle, break it to them gently, <laughs> break it to them gently about picking up and going to Nashville. Let's see. Boom, 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 bo
Uh, listen, let me tell you how, how I did it when I went to Nashville. I, I had a really bad breakup with my fiance, and for Valentine's Day, I gave myself the gift of moving to Nashville. Now, I only lived two hours south. I grew up two hours south, right outside of Muscle Shoals. Yep. And if you listen to my song, Sister Soul, that'll tell you. Yeah. A lot about me and where I grew up and how all that came to And we're going to play that at the end of the podcast, but, but go ahead. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so I packed up and moved to Nashville, and I was fortunate enough to have Gold's Gym help to move me there. So I worked as a trainer at the gym. If you decide to move to Nashville, you you got to have a day gig. You can't go there and think you're going to make a living doing music. It's just unrealistic. Uh, there, it's so saturated with players and people it, that work at Taco Bell, ten deep, that can play circles around you and me and anybody else. It's just the amount of talent is staggering in Nashville. It's incredible, um, and that gives it such the town such a good energy too. You know, to feed off of. But my advice is. If you can get a job, and you may already have a trade that, that you, you know, or a career path, get something social, something where you're going to meet people. I mean, wait tables, work at a gym, work somewhere in, a, in retail, in a public place where you're going to meet people and be around people. That's the first suggestion. The second is to go to writer's nights or open mic nights. And do that because no matter how big of a fish you are in the pond you're in, when you get to Nashville, you are a little fish in a big, big, big pond and it's starting over. And so humble yourself and do things that you might not normally do. You know, go to open mic, writer's nights, whatever you, you have to do to meet people because that town, everywhere you go, you see people standing there with their phones, standing there talking with their phones. And they're networking. They're they're getting each other's numbers, or they're you know uh, finding each other on Facebook to be friends. It is all about networking and being around people because that the more people you're around, the more you're out and about. If you're working a day job, get some good vitamins because you got to be out at night too. Absolutely. You know, I worked at WebMD as a project manager in IT. I'm a network engineer. Did that during the daytime, high level stress job. Did music mafia at night, and I'd get in at two o'clock in the morning and start all over the next day. It's it's a sacrifice, but that's the best advice I could give you. And I, if if you're asking, should I move to Nashville? Yes or no? Yes, yes. That is an experience that I encourage every musician to have. It's incredible, and again, don't let it define you. Just experience it and learn and grow. And you know, I became such a better songwriter. By living there, it, it it made me realize that I am a songwriter, and and now I'm starting to go and and um, work out of Nashville one week out of a month again, and um, and thankful to have the knowledge I have about the town, you know. But in a lot of ways, I'm going to have to start over. Had it not been for the voice, I would have to start over because the town grows and changes so much. Over time, people don't remember you. I went back three years after I had moved, and where I was having 200 people come to my show and pay $10 a head, I had probably 40 people at my show. And it was sobering, but that's Nashville. Yep. Yeah, and and, and I like that you, you know, you're, you're basically 
advising people leave your ego back at home because you know when you get to nashville like you said i mean it's it's like a kid who's the best baseball player on his high school team and then he's the best baseball player on his college team and all of a sudden he gets drafted and he thinks i'm going to go play for the new york yankees no you're not you're going to go play down in their lowest tier of their farm system and that's what you are when you go to nashville because i go there and i sit i sit at these writers nights and i see you know everybody's everybody's doing the same thing and and you know you're going to have to do something that really sets you apart don't be there don't go there and be a jackass you know don't don't you have to go there and be humble and 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 the biggest thing i, I want to read something here check, check this out and you'll see the point i'm trying to make i read something that said while living and performing in nashville shauna p shared the stage with great artists such as kid rock charlie daniels george clinton big and rich gretchen wilson Donnie Van Zandt, and even recorded a duet of her original song with the legendary Michael McDonald. So, you know, that does not happen by luck. That doesn't happen by attrition. That takes a lot of hard work. Yes, I have the wrinkles to prove it. (laughs) (laughs) Not many, (laughs) because I've been working on that. But no, um, I I definitely moisturize after 40. That's another (laughs) bit of advice I can give you. Uh, but I know we have a, lo- a lot of young artists and aspiring writers. But yes, that took a lot of hard work and tenacity. And I had to check my ego at the door because they will smell that a mile away and they will shut you out. Because it's very, um, I don't want to say clickish because that's a negative word, but it's its very, Nashville is a, is a big, small town. You know, everybody, once you get into that inner circle, everybody knows everybody. And be wise with your choices. And another thing is try not to jump into, I have a song called 90 Days that you should listen to. Don't jump into a relationship really quick. You know, stay open because that, I was really careful about that. And I tell my husband now, I'm so proud to say when I go to Nashville, we can walk in just about anywhere. He doesn't have to worry about who he's going to run into that I've had any kind of relations with, you know? So it's a good feeling. You know, you just have to be very, very wise. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm fortunate to be well-respected in Nashville. You know, I feel like I left with a, with, with a good reputation and I'm, I'm well-respected in that town. And that took a lot of hard work and a lot of prayer and a lot of, um, patience and a lot of really, intense decision-making time, you know, to make sure I'm doing the right thing. But, but it's, a, it's an experience I would, I would encourage anybody to, to have. If you're thinking about moving to Nashville, do it. It's, it's incredible. I think the other thing in terms of the work that you need to put in regarding Nashville is if you're, if you're not quite ready to move there yet and you go there and you plan on doing, you know, I go back and forth there to do business and, and it's it's maintaining those relationships. You know, the Nashville people like it better when you're there full time, but if you're not at that point yet where you can, something there's some some other life reason why you can't do it just yet, you need to, you need to put work into it and you need to put time in it and you need to stay in touch with those people so they don't forget about you when you do come back and then you, then you reach out to me and say, hey, guess what? I'm coming back again on such and such a date. And they go, great. They don't say, who is this again? Yes, that's very important. And that's the beauty of Facebook and social media. You know, how long does it take to just drop a line, you know, and let, let them know and, and stay visible? Absolutely. So you mentioned something a minute ago I want to I get back to because 
Um, Shauna P. is married to a real cool cat that I've had the privilege of getting to know, Adam Tyler Brown, who just happens to be both an awesome guitar player and your guitar player. And there are a a lot of musicians listening to this podcast, Shauna, who face the challenge of putting a spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend in their band, you know, whether it's a good idea or not. And as strange as that may sound, because on the surface, everyone thinks, oh, that's cute. That would be so awesome to have so-and-so on stage with me all the time. You know, I guess I guess I'm asking this as a, as a question to you. Does it become a little challenging at times having husband and wife together nonstop, twenty four seven? Because you know, no one likes being that spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend sitting in the crowd for three hours while the other is up on stage doing their gig. But you know, sometimes a little separation isn't the worst thing in the world. Right, exactly. And and before I met Adam, I was a gypsy. I mean, I was very independent. I'm an only child, very independent. So. He is very much um, uh, around. I mean, like he is—he's very supportive of me, and he likes to do things together. He likes to watch movies together, be together, and it is the biggest blessing to me. But it took me so long to look at it as a blessing and not a pain. You know, I was like, "Oh, I can't do this. I can't be with somebody all the time." We have grown into that. But let me say this. I have fired him twice in the band. So, (laughs) you know, it's not without its problems. The challenge for us is keeping that separate. And, you know, that's what I tell people when they see me at the grocery store or they come to my house. I'm like, I'm Shauna Brown right now. You know, I got my hair up in a ponytail. I'm scooping litter boxes. I'm doing laundry. (laughs) I'm Shauna Brown. But when I get ready to do a show... I'm Shauna P. And that is a brand. That is that is what I market. That is that is who I am. That's my job, you know. And that's I mean, it's luckily it's a calling and it's what I'm supposed to do. But that's something that we do. We have to separate that. We have to separate our marriage from business and from the band. And you know, interestingly enough, we've been together almost seven years, and we were we couldn't write a song together without just. As we say in Alabama, having a knockdown, drag out fight. <laughs> I mean, we would fight like cats and dogs. Could not write together, and something has broken loose. When I went to do the voice, he has been so incredible through this whole journey. And he stayed home. We rescue animals. We have cats, and he stayed home with the babies. We call them the diddles. It's like me <laughs> hey, diddle diddle the cat in the fiddle. Side note, I mean, he stayed home with them, and he wrote a lot of songs. He just started writing, mm. and came up with some really, really good stuff. And when I came back home, I started putting lyrics to it. And that's how we kind of came together. That time apart was so good for us. So, you know, it's doable. It can work. But I do encourage that time apart. And I do encourage from the onset of that, sitting down, communicating, having an understanding of the fact that, you know, this is a business. This is our marriage. If you have to use different names, yep. you know, like yep. I do, I'm Shauna Brown. Okay, I'm Shauna P. You yep. need to get to work, and you need to turn your amp down because you're drowning me out, and I can't hear myself sing. Because mm-hmm. he's a guitarist. And you, by the way, they're they're the real divas, not lead singers, not six <laughs> singers, just the guitar players. <laughs> no, but listen, he's he's incredible, and uh, he is. He's a good man, and really thankful thankful to have have that 
So on that note, you've got new music in the works. So um, give us give us the update. Give us the timeline for the new album. Oh, timeline, timeline, timeline. That is the hardest thing to do is give a timeline. Let me say this. What I'm doing right now Vic, is I'm, go- I'm getting more back to my roots. Uh, this next album is going to be very southern, very gritty, um, very gut bucket, funk preacher, southern soul funk. It's, it's, a, it's a gumbo of everything, but it's very rootsy. The, the title of the album is Porch Music. And what I, my vision is to have a side A and a side B budget. I mean, it's, it's all about the budget and whether we're going to be able to do this. Uh, but God willing, if he gives me a vision, I, I have faith that it's going to come to pass. Side A is going to be front porch. Side B is going to be back porch. Front porch is going to be foot stomping, hand clapping. And, and, and you're just going to tell B. it. You're going to tell it on side A, aren't you? Yes, I am going to tell it. I'm going to tell it. No holds barred. I'm telling it. Side B is rocking back porch, full concert with a field full of people. It's what I see. And it's, it's guitar and rock and funk. It's funk rock. It's, it's audio slave meets funkadelic meets red hot chili peppers. I mean, it's, but it's earth funk. Every bit of it is earth funk. You know, I've, I've played it for a few, my beta testers, as I call them, I've played some of my new stuff and they're like, this is so different. This is so different. It's so, and they don't have a word. And I'm like, it's earth funk. It's so earth funk. That's, it's just its own type of music. Are you recording in Nashville or in Alabama? I'm recording in, in my home studio right now. I'm doing all pre-production here at home and it is incredible. To, to have learned how to use um, use the software and to be able to get in there and, and write and uh, and and mix and so initially I'm doing it here. I've got Don Strigley at Fame Studios and Muscle Shoals. He just was nominated for a Grammy working with the Civil Wars. He's been working with Jack White up in Nashville. He uh, engineered my last album and he is just a wizard. He's he is otherworldly. He's a freak. He's incredible. So Shrigley will definitely have his hands on this project. Um, but I've made a new connection here in Mobile with Rick Hirsch, who splits his time between Mobile and L.A., and he was with Wet Willie. We've got a good connection with him, and he's talking about uh, doing some tracking at his house. So um, I've got my options open. In the meantime, I'm just writing pre-production and getting, uh, also getting my full production together for touring. I'm getting a full stage production together uh, with the Earth Folk Tribe that is, is my vision manifested, and it's really excited. It's very exciting. It's mystical. It's tribal. It's just exciting. To be and you're, doing, and you're doing something cool with that. I, I, don't, I don't know if, if, if you're okay with talking about it, but you're actually, you're actually looking for sponsors to help make that tour happen. Yes, I am. I am. I am... Um, I just I just put the word out for that is to have a sponsorship to do a tour up 65, you know, up I-65, which from where I live goes up through Montgomery, Alabama, Birmingham, Huntsville, Muscle Shoals, um, Decatur, which is my hometown, up to Nashville through Louisville, St. Louis, and then wherever else, you know, I, I branch off. 
or, or we branch off. So yeah, I'm definitely looking for sponsorship, businesses, corporations, or individuals that want to sponsor that. Um, as far as funding for the album, that's something I'm working on. Maybe either to Kickstarter. I have a little bit, you know, to start with. Um, Shauna, if anybody's listening to this and has a has a has a connection with a sponsor, well, how 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 can they contact you? What's the best way for them to connect you with the sponsor? Uh, best way to reach me is uh, Shauna P Sings at Gmail dot com. It's S H A W N as in Nancy A P Sings at Gmail dot com. Please email me, and if you feel led, you know, in your spirit to do something or to help or to become part of the tribe, listen, I always am about creating a win-win situation, and, and you know, I'm asking people to do that and, and letting them be a part of this and letting them see what it's like to be, you know, come on tour with us. You be know, part of the movement. Happen for me. Be part of the movement. You know, come into the studio with me and see how we record or come to a video shoot. I'm open to that. You know, anybody that wants to help, be a part of the tribe, and I'll, you know, let you into the world of, the wonderful, wacky world of Of all music. things, Shauna P. <laughs> <laughs> so, you yeah, know, exactly. Shauna, a lot of potential clients that I meet with, they, they say that they manage themselves. Or, you know, I've, I've got a family member or a friend that's helping, and, you know, that's, that's when I tell them that, if that family member or the friend isn't in the music business and they don't have experience in publicity and marketing that they need to hire now hear this and not shortchange their career and when you, when you make it on when you make it on the voice like now now there's not only a, a Bruce Warzniak, there's not only a personal manager, but there's a booking agent, there's a publicist. I mean, we're talking the whole roster of specialists. The music business is loaded with, you know, lawyers, with road managers. I mean, the list goes on. So I'm sure you saw the benefits of, of having professionals in place because, I mean, that that had to be overwhelming, having different obligations coming at you from every which way, not to mention having to get used to spending so much time so far away from being home in Alabama. Yes. And that was one of my fears that I had to overcome was having all those opportunities present themselves and having to make a decision. I don't know what it is about human nature being so afraid to make a decision and go through a door and, and, and you know, wondering if it's the right door. And even still, Bruce, I am still prayerful about management. I've not secured management. I've, I've, I've been talking with a guy back and forth. You know, but I, I need management. I've been managing myself. I need to do that. I do have a booking agent, uh, but I'm still putting my team together. It's still in process. It's a prayerful process for me. I'd like to talk to you some more about it. I mean, it's it's critical to have that team and have a team of people you trust. And family members are not always the best way to go. It can be disastrous. Uh, but sometimes it works out, you know, for the best, particularly if they have a knack for it, they have a calling for it, and they have knowledge. But that's rare. That's very rare. So, and now hear this. I looked at your website. I really like what you're doing. I Thank mean, you. You know. Thanks. And you're a great guy. I've met you personally. <laughs> so, anybody's listening that doesn't know Bruce, he's a great guy. And I, and I would recommend so, Shauna, you've been a, you've been a great guest. You've been really generous with your time. Let's close with let's close with a story. Um, tell tell the listeners 
Um, you know, again, I, I know that there's a lot of Shauna P fans that are listening. There are a lot of um, just music fans that like good music interviews, um, you know, that, that have downloaded uh, this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. But, but for, the, for those aspiring musicians, you know, who, who are just, they're really kind of at their wits end, you know, and they're, they're hitting the wall and they're thinking, I'm just going to pack it all in. You know what? I'm just going to walk away from music. Give us a story about a low point you know, that you had at some point and, and how you overcame that adversity? Um, when I moved to Nashville, I was doing gospel music and I had a deal on the table with a large gospel record label, contemporary Christian label. And I was in a development deal with them and they put a freeze on signing. And so that knocked me out of the game. And I got really discouraged. And for five years of my time that I lived in Nashville, I went to work in IT, which I'm glad I had that to fall back on. But I know I'm called to do music, and I knew the whole time that I was called. And that's really important to if you know that it's something in your soul that you're supposed to be doing. There's really nothing that can keep you from doing it um, because it just eats at you. It just follows you. It's like a finger on you, but you won't let you rest. Uh, but I quit doing music for about five years. I just completely wow. quit because I thought I'm not doing gospel. I'm, uh, you know, I, what am I supposed to do? God, what am I, what am I supposed to be doing? I can't not do gospel because that would be, uh, wrong. That's the way I looked at it. Yep. So my neighbor, um, said, Hey, there's this thing called the music mafia. I want you to come and sing back that with me. Cause he'd heard me sing you know, around hangouts at the pool, we were hanging at the pool, whatever. So I go to this music mafia thing and had no idea what it was, had no idea how big of a movement it was. And I jump up on stage to sing back up with him because that's what I was supposed to do. And these girls were in the front row just looking at me like they wanted to kill me. Like, who does she think she is? And that's another thing you'll come across in Nashville. <laughs> uh, but you just have to know who you are and know what you're supposed to do. And that's where I was. And I sang, and I had such a breakthrough that night and found a family of people that I felt like I belonged with. You know, I really felt a part of that and a part of that movement, and it brought me out of that uh, depression and that funk, bad funk. You know, there's good funk and bad funk, uh, and really gave me the oomph and the kick in the butt to keep going. And... I'm forever grateful to the Music Mafia for that. And I even, the the majority, the bulk of my story on the show, on The Voice, was about my time with them. And uh, it really saved me. I mean, it really, really did. And I, and I realized that I was a writer and uh, at that point. And I realized that I was supposed to be singing no matter what. So, you know, it's important to surround yourself with like-minded people that will encourage you and um you know whether it be in a church or whether it be in a, a musical movement or whatever it is so listen to shauna p's testimony five years that she walked away from music and still ended up being on the voice shauna thank you so much thank you so much for 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 being on now here this entertainment podcast today appreciate your time great to hear your voice it's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much, Bruce. And uh, everybody, welcome to the Earth Funk Tribe. Thank you for listening. And 
Look me up and let me know you listen to me. I love it. I want to thank my guest, Shauna P. Be sure to check her out at www.shaunap.com. She's all over social media. Check her out. Reverb Nation, Twitter, Facebook, the whole nine yards. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from today's guest, Shauna P. This is called Sister Soul. I was born in just outside of Muscle Shoals, yeah. Same day Aretha was down the road laying down the soul. Something jumped off on me. I got baptized in the groove. Tapping time to nursery rhyme. The music made me move. I grew up on Soul Train. I knew every song. Me and my friends would make a Soul Train line. Dance until the break of dawn, yeah. If you hear me, let me see you raise your hand, somebody see, yeah. I don't think you hear me. If you hear me, let me see you raise your hand. See, yeah. It's Take your way back. <laughs> yeah, we used to ride around listening to the Almond Brothers band. Sipping sweet tea, my daddy and me, a southern child and a rambling man. I was raised by my big mama. She taught me everything. See, she'd be in the kitchen cooking soul food. She'd dance, I would sing. I, I don't think you hear me. If you hear me, let me see you raise your hand. Somebody see, yeah. 